and like that. My Wi-Fi is excellent. Uh, going live here, folks. Hambo going live yet again. Uh, there used to be audio effects on this. On this uh, Podbean, Podbean Live website, but alas, they are no more. Ah, you know what it is. I think it is. Um, that was part of my phone setup. But before we know it, we got Daniel Wilson coming in here. Hello. Can you hear me? Yeah. All right. I think that was the fastest uh, you've ever gotten on the show. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, how you been, buddy? Uh, been, been doing well. How about yourself? Uh, I am. I'm nearing a goal. I'm. I'm nearing a goal of uh, paying off all my credit card debt. Sweet. And probably within the next two weeks, it will be paid off. And uh, we're talking about uh, not just London Real, but we're talking about the $1,000 debt I got when I came back to Michigan and had to pay uh, super expensive car insurance and a few other little things. So that's nice to pay that, that crap off. But uh, yeah, it's nice. It's nice to pay off the uh, commercial debts. You know. Yes, uh, I'm happy to hear that the LR is about to be paid off for you. Yeah, well, that's actually, you know what, that that got paid uh, probably a few months ago. So I'm really I should have celebrated for that. But I think the true celebration will be in about a week or so. I'm going to go treat myself. Yeah, yeah. I can't. I still got the student loan debt. That that's one that's always going to kind of haunt me until I make the millions. But the commercial, you know, the credit card one. It's like, oh, good. Whew. Don't need that crap anymore. Yeah. Oh, congrats. You know. Yeah, man. I remember I, paying off mine. I, uh, I just, I got aggressive with it, and I'm like, I could pay the whole thing off right now. Should I do it? And I just did, and it was a little, you know, it was a little aggressive, but yeah, I made a big old payment more more than I needed to, but it was just it felt so good it's like this was all of my 20s racking up perpetual debt you know and it was just like mm. i was always mm-hmm. in the red zone so right yeah you like, talked about that before yeah even if i paid off my debt i'd find a way to get back into it yeah and now i'm just you know i i i i don't I still use credit cards, but I try to pay them off right away just to get the benefits. Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, again, it, it's pretty rare that I have a, a huge um, expense. The only time it, it's like it's been like that was when I was in California and I had to pay off. I had a root canal. Oh. And it was the 2009 yeah. era where I was like, Phew. you know, the, the money wasn't coming in. And it's like, damn, I have no other choice but to put it on the credit card. Yep. And that sucked, you know, but that's yep. how life gets you like that. You know, if, um, 
unless you got that good job or something. I don't know. But even then, even then when you get a good job, you know, they can still pull the floor under from under you and get laid off or exactly. some dumb life thing happens, you know. I heard Mike Tyson say, and I'm going to butcher this <sighs> quote, yeah. but I've been loving Mike Tyson's podcast. Hot yeah, Boxing. I watched that a little bit. Uh-huh. He said, uh, you know, uh, the distance between the Rolls Royce and the curb is only one step away. (laughs) I think that's it. Mm. The the point is, Mm. is like you said, you can, they can pull the rug out from underneath you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you never know when something could go wrong. Maybe you get some physical injury or you got to pay this huge ding uh, doctor bill or, or something. Now, I don't like to go around thinking about, oh, what could happen? Yeah. And, and you shouldn't really. Um, but it's just um, at the same time, you should never not get too cocky, I think, even when you're making a good amount of money because you never exactly. know when things go really off. Exactly. It likes unpredictable that way. It gives us the illusion that it isn't, but it's uh, unpredictable. Can you hear me all right? Yeah. All right, good. I can hear you fine. Um, totally. Yeah, dude. I just, I just got done booking some of my uh, itinerary to um, Jordan. Ah, right. I thought you were already over there by now, <laughs> from the way you made it seem last time. No, it's not happening until October. Oh, okay. October, yeah. okay. But it'll be okay. 40 days. I'll be there for 40 days. That's a good long stay, yeah. That's yeah. good. So there should be enough, 40 days should be enough to like fully immerse myself yeah. in uh, the culture and whatnot. Well, you know, it, it's a, it's about a month, you know, but that that's a lot. That's a good, yeah, good, pretty good outline of, you know, probably the yeah, the, the area and the surrounding town and some of the people, yeah, and uh, probably much more than you would get if you stay there for a week for sure. Totally, I mean, I'll, I'll probably meet some locals, you know, and I'll see them again and day after day. So hopefully, I can uh-huh. make some relationships. I'm. Sort you know I'm I'm investigating all this gear because I'm trying to travel as light as I possibly can, but inevitably mm-hmm. I'm gonna be I'm gonna have a big old bag, you know. It's just there's no way around it. Mm-hmm. But I'm still I'm still thinking about upgrading some gear. I'm looking at some different Zoom recorders. Yeah, uh, I think it'd be fun to get some podcasts with some some people i meet on the travel yeah you definitely that would be that's gonna be great it's gonna be great for the d-don that life you're going out of your comfort zone i mean you're gonna be there's gonna be a little bit of growth here it's gonna be great yeah yep so i'm looking at like the small this small zoom it's like three inch by three inch Mm -hmm. and then you can plug in two lavalier mics to it so then yeah. I could just, if I get the good interview with, if I get the good interview, I just clip a mic on. They don't have to hold anything. They just got to sit there and talk. And then I can clip one on to me. Boom. It should all pack up real small into my bag. 
And I think, you know, I think that could be a thing. Then the other piece of gear that, that got me is from an ad, from an ad, they know the AI knows what I need before I know I need it. Um, it's this thing called Remarkable, and it's just a tablet that you can write on. And they say it's like the closest thing to writing on paper. It feels like you're writing on paper, oh, but it's digital. Yeah. And then you can like save your notes, and it'll convert it to text, and it automatically uploads to the cloud. So you you can get it via your computer as soon as as soon as you're done right as soon as you save it basically you save it yeah the problem that i the only thing i don't like well first of all i don't like the price the price is ridiculous Mm -hmm. Um, i'm not saying it's ridiculous for everybody but it's ridiculous for me i think right now because i can i don't know maybe it isn't maybe it is maybe it's a good investment one-stop shop this digital little notepad i'm gonna be in i'm gonna have 160 hours of course i'm gonna be in a total hours of course is 160 hours so um i'll I'll be taking notes you know so maybe having just a one-stop shop tablet might be really nice for that yeah the thing I the the thing I've heard is that when you buy it and you agree to their terms, they own all your content. Ooh, so if you really if you, if you write something, they actually have the rights to it. Now I don't even know if this is what? true. I don't know if this is true. I just heard rumors. I've heard this before. So it's just. The only reason I'm bringing this up is because I geeked out on it today. And I'm like, oh, should I buy one? Well, you know how much it would have been if I got the one I wanted? The one I got with the flip case, you know, flip open case, protect screen protector thing with the magnet. Mm-hmm. And then the the stylus with the eraser. You just flip it over like a pencil and you can erase. Mm-hmm. Um, that... Uh, uh, five ninety before tax. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I can't justify that. I can't. Yeah. I don't think I can justify that. I think. I think I can justify a brand new notebook from Walgreens mm-hmm. for three dollars. That's what I can justify. <laughs> well, yeah. if you buy it, you better get insured too. <laughs> I know. I'm not good. I'm not good with taking care of my stuff. My friends know that. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, you gotta get that insured. That's yeah. It's something you gotta. You gotta really weigh the options. It's like, can I do that? Can I get something that's slightly cheaper, but it minus a few bells and whistles. You know, you gotta think of how much you're gonna use it, how effective it's gonna be. You know, that, that's that's a decision only you can make. You know. I know. Yeah, I know. I mean, I'll definitely be using it 160 hours, of course. Mm-hmm. There'll definitely be. I mean, it's intense, dude. If you look at this textbook that the course is based off, it's thick, small writing, uh, hard to read. What you get, you finish one page in this textbook, and it's it's like your mind is filled with info. Wow. But 
I've been researching. I've been watching travel videos all day. I mean, this is kind of a big deal for me, but it should have happened 10 years ago. That's what, that's my complaint that I've been telling people. They're like, whoa, that's cool. I'm like, yeah, it should have happened 10 years ago. I'm, uh, I should have made this. It, it's, it's just me criticizing myself. You know, like my younger self was just didn't have his stuff together. And it's like, I always wanted to do it. Now I'm watching these travel videos, uh, these solo travel, these solo world travelers, they're all in their twenties and stuff. And I'm like, damn, I didn't, not that it's a big deal. I just think I was more tolerant in my twenties, like more Mm. tolerant of not getting sleep, more tolerant of a long Mm. bus ride, more tolerant of a long layover. You know what I mean? Just more tolerant than like Mm -hmm. life has beat me down. Um, And it's like, I don't want to sit on a, you know, I want comfort. I want my food that I like. I want my coffee in the morning, you know? So I'm just, I'm talking to my, I feel like all of this though can be solved with preparation, you know, start planning right away. And uh, an ounce of, what is it? An ounce of prevention equals a pound of cure or something like that. Um, I think I've heard that phrase. Not yeah. sure. Yeah. You might have gotten it right. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, just letting you know what I was up to today. I've just been planning. Yeah. This Found a nice place because uh, they suggested camping. And they suggest for the first two-week course – they offered a campsite on site, but you got to bring your own bedding. Then I come, I come to find that you got to bring your own tent. And I'm like, well, a tent? I'm going to fly to Jordan with a tent? I'm trying to travel light. Yeah, you know? right. So then I told Anthony, because he's coming with me, and he's like, bro, we should just get a place, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you're right. So I started looking on Airbnb, found some places. There's actually a lot of little places around right where we're going to be. it's a rural area um but you know it's old school like we're we're talking oldest civilization in the world yeah no that's old school (laughs) it's right by it's very close it's like a four-hour drive to damascus which is the oldest city in the world um anyways so so I ended up just looking, I was like trying to find, cause on Airbnb, they don't tell you the exact address until after you book your stay. And I'm like, Ugh. this is so unhelpful. And I, you can't even message the host until you book your stay. I'm like, dang. So anyways, I'm like trying to figure out, see if I can go on Google earth and see if like the pictures on Airbnb look like the pictures from Google satellite mm-hmm. and see if I can zero in on exactly where this Airbnb is. Cause we're about to drop another, you know, thousand bucks on this place. Um, yeah. and so I'm looking at the Google map and then like right next door to the site, I, f- there's this little, icon it's like a little uh hospitality bed bed icon that google puts and i'm like is this a little hotel it's called a chalet right next door to the site yeah and so i clicked on it then it it appeared the facebook page so i clicked on the facebook page and then it took me uh to the facebook page of this little house it's just the house itself has a facebook page 
So I messaged them like, Hey, I'm doing this. I'm going to be working at this site. Do you, uh, do you guys have availability in October? And sure enough, they do. So he was super excited. He knew he's like, it's a three minute walk to where you got to go every day. So perfect. So we were able to find that and put, put a little down payment on that. So it's all coming together. I'm super excited, you know, trip to the Middle East. I'll have 10 days free, 10 day free time plus a couple weekends, but 10 days of free time in the Middle East, potentially by myself. So I'm sure Anthony will be with me. I just don't know what his schedule is. We probably (laughs) won't travel to and from together. Maybe. Okay. Uh, we're just going to probably meet there because he's going to be flying out in New York, blah, blah, blah. And um, so, yeah, the question is what to do in the Middle East uh, for 10 days. I, th- I mean, I'll probably just stay in Jordan because there's enough to see there. Mm-hmm. I hate trying to pack too much stuff in because then you spend all your time traveling. And it's like, yeah. what good is that? I want to. I want to relax. I want to find a way to get into the parasympathetic because when you're traveling and in course, it's like, go, 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 go. I want to find some places where I can just like chill out. Mm-hmm. So I found this hot spring resort uh, where they say Herod the Great used to bathe. And it's mm. probably one of the oldest hot uh, bathhouses known. And, uh, so I think I got to do that because that's my thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Wow. It's going to be a big uh, culture uh, change. Culture, yeah. Maybe a, a little bit of a shock. Maybe. Uh. Hopefully. <laughs> I want to get shocked. I want to get shocked. <laughs> um, so basically tell everybody what you're doing here. You're um, you're setting up a you're, – you're learning how to do a – farm uh, food farm there or what, what is the deal yeah so there's three things i signed up for the first two weeks is the permaculture design certificate where mm-hmm. you become a certified designer from jeff lawton mm-hmm. he is he is he's not one of the founders of permaculture that was bill mollison and another guy uh jeff holt or holmgram david holmgram yeah. Uh, but then Jeff Lawton was Bill Mollison's like protege, started teaching with him in the 80s. And now he's like, you know, he's one of the top guys in the world. He he might be the top guy in the world for, for training people. I mean, he's been doing it lo- as long as anybody. And he's known as one of the greats. So you got okay. you got to go to you got to travel to to take a course with him. In this case, it's got to be Jordan. Mm-hmm. But what this specific one is, is in the middle of the most arid desert area, 400 meters below sea level. Wow. Desolate, dead, nothing growing except hardy desert trees. Everything they grow has to be under plastic, and they got to use a bunch of you know, um, synthetic fertilizers and stuff. So anyways, like 20 years ago, he got, he got assigned this project. It's called greening the desert to apply the permaculture techniques to the desert to see if they could 
uh, restore the desert into a thriving forest. And that's what they did over the past 20 years. Now it's a thriving forest, a food forest, a food forest. Yeah. So it's yeah. a, it's got all kinds of different elements, but it's a thriving uh, perennial food forest. And they have mm-hmm. livestock and they make their own soil there and they teach. So I'm getting the standard permaculture design certificate course, which will yeah. be I'll be, you know, I'll get the certification from Jeff Lawton on design. Then after that, so that's a two-week course, 40 hours a week, two weeks. So that'll be a nice, hearty, full-time thing, you know. Mm -hmm. And then we got the weekends off. And then after that, we're doing the two-week, 80-hour internship in greening the desert so we're working on site where they've been uh creating this restored food forest in the middle of the desert you can go go to greeningthedesertproject.org if anyone's listening it's greeningthedesertproject.org okay and you can see all the pictures of what they've been able to accomplish over the past 20 years but it's impressive it's changing the area there it's changing the game uh they've influenced the whole area so now the whole area where they're at started adopting these principles and the team at the greening desert site started expanding to other local farms and stuff so it's been a huge impact and they're really having a huge beneficial impact in the area where they're starting to change the way they farm, the way they grow food. Wow. They're starting to be more regenerative, creating more soil than they use. So it's becoming, it's becoming less of like, uh, it's just a becoming a positive, uh, a positive influence. And so that, that internship, the two week internship is he, He's going to, it's going to be all specifically greening the desert where we'll be working in the garden and he'll be teaching us about wicking beds and, uh, just how to maintain, how to plant, how to, uh, clone, how to make soil, how to, or how to make compost, how to, how to handle the livestock, um, all that. And then specifically what's being presented that's for the first time that he's presented it is going to be their new rainwater collection. It's a, no, sorry. It's a passive rainwater collection and passive irrigation system that they'll be debuting at this uh, internship. Yeah. So hopefully, hopefully when I come back and we go to Arizona, I can start implementing the systems of dry, passive rainwater harvesting and irrigation for dry lands. It's specifically for dry lands. So, so yeah. you're uh, minimizing evaporation as much as possible. So then after that, that'll be like huge, you know, a lot of a lo- huge data dump in my brain. Um, then I got the 10 days off and then I'm coming back for another five day course with Jeff Lawton 
about how to build a Jordanian, a natural or a classic Jordanian straw bale house, a two-story straw bale house. Oh wow! And uh, all the inter- uh, the exterior the exterior walls are insulated with straw bale. They poured concrete support columns to support the second level. Mm-hmm. And then all the interior walls are made with mud bricks that they make on site. So they'll be teaching that whole method from planning to implementing to, to then the de- de- decorative finishing of the walls yeah. um, and surfaces and how to implement tile work and how to plumb the how to how to plumb the gray water out to the garden so it'll be a, a super holistic uh education that i'm planning on being able to take to arizona because it's a very similar climate in Arizona. right yeah. yeah yeah um so yeah so that's it that's that's the that's the 40 45 days i'm not sure what it will, it's like it's a month and a half so i don't know 45 days maybe yeah yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, you are doing what I think a lot of people don't have the guts to, or either uh, if they wanted to do it, it's like they either don't have the, the, the resources or the, the get up and go or that determination that you've, you, you pulled the trigger here. And uh, it's impressive. It, it's similar, reminds me of the same trigger. I had to push to sign up for the army. <laughs> it's a similar, uh-huh. it's around, it's like you, you, it's like, it comes from deep within. It's, it's, you, you know, you, that there's no way around it. You have to do this thing and you either have to, you, you do it cause you want to either prove it to yourself or you need to do it for a certain reason to give you some kind of leverage or it's just, uh, I don't know, fill in the blank, but it's one of those two things that, once you feel that call, you have to you have to make the moves, and I, I commend you for doing that. You know, good job so far. Thank you. you know. Hey, I, I mean, it's all it 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 ain't it it's not real until it happens. For all yeah. we know, monkeypox could shut it all down. You know what I mean? So uh, I'm not going to count my my chickens before they hatch. Sure. But, but you've I'm, committed to the money. You paid. Yeah, I've already paid money. for a bunch yeah. of stuff. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, there you go. And uh, well, to your point, it's like I know I have to pull the trigger. the The idea of going to the Middle East has always been scary, even though it shouldn't be, because Jordan's like one of the safest places you can go. Mm-hmm. Um. Um. But I just, it's like over and over again. Luckily enough, I I started following Robert Greene, my favorite author, on mm-hmm. Instagram. Okay. And I've read four of his books, and they changed me for wow. sure. But, you know, you read a book, and then uh, it's practically forgotten a year later. Those are later. big books, too. Yeah, yeah. A lot, too, of those books. But you sign up for his Instagram, and he just gives you daily little doses. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm like, damn, I forgot. I, I got to live by this stuff. Like, it just, it's so hard yeah. to retain the info and 
you get bogged down by daily life. And so like he's, he, I, I read those quotes and, and then, and then I read people's comments of like, I, I read this one guy's comment where he was like, I'm like 54 now. And I never did. I never pursued my dreams. My wife left me. Now I have a mm. shitty job and mm -hmm. I re completely regret not going after it. Mm -hmm. And I read that and I'm like, you know what? I don't know what's going to come of this thing. And then it's like, then I watched that Graham Hancock and this was all after I booked the tickets, but I'm just, I'm finding ways to really, um, uh, like support my decision mentally and spiritually. Yeah. Uh -huh. So I, I saw that. I don't know if you watched it, but Mike Tyson and Graham Hancock. It was a great episode. Is this a recent one? Yeah. I haven't, no, I haven't watched this yet, one yet. And uh, they're just talking about like how the purpose of life has to be to go for it. It's just, it's too... It's just too crazy that we're here in these lives, in these bodies, like, and we're going to expire and it's going to happen. It's going to come fast. And it's like, just go for it. Like you're going to, you're literally going to die. It's a hundred percent guaranteed. You're going to die. And just like the past 10 years flew by like a week. Yeah. Uh, death's going to be at our doorstep and it's going to seem like another week. You know what I mean? So you got to go for it. You got to just take action. You got to do it. Don't, don't, don't worry. Don't worry. If, if something bad happens, like Ragnar Lothbrook says, just it's what he tells. It's what he tells Bjorn uh, when they're about to go into their first battle. He says, they're like, Oh, and uh, the Northman. No, this is in Vikings. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. He, he 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 see he meets up with his son again for the first time in a long time and they're about to go into battle together they're about yeah. to sack this place and it's Bjorn and his friend and he tells Bjorn he says if you if you uh if you fall if you know if someone gets you someone if you get stabbed or if you get chopped up or whatever if you fall in battle just lay down like you're going to bed with a beautiful woman and say goodbye. Like that's all it is. Just lay down and take your dying. It's no big deal. Just do it. And <clears throat> I always have thought about that. I'm like, God, that's such a good way. Cause death is so scary. Um, the idea of it, just the unknown, you know, but we can all look to Ragnar yeah. Lothbrook and his advice just lay down like you're laying in bed with a beautiful woman and shut your eyes and there it is it's boom it's done so anyways i don't know if that's more than you wanted but no can i add to that though yeah. uh another phrase that i can equate that to would be a uh, memento uh mori i believe oh I what's that, that right it means uh remember that you are mortal and that's something that the Stoics say to ponder on, because um, I've been uh, I've been momento yeah momento mori. Um, it's a great. I've been really trying to learn Stoic philosophy, and uh, 
there's a, a few good books on it, and that's just one that you'd say they say it's good to ponder on that usually once a day. Well, I don't know about once a day, but at least once a week. Just kind of reminds you to kind of get on with it. Yep. You know, and they, they say, um, uh, you know, when you wake up, like, why, you know, why are you waiting so long to get out of bed? You know, are we meant, are you meant to just sleep and stay in bed all day? You know, you have purpose. You must attend to the things that, and like he equates it to, uh, I don't know if there was this Marcus Aurelius or Seneca, one of those guys. Mm -hmm. um, he's like, you know, do the birds sleep longer than they have to? No, they're out and about doing their work. Same as such, such as you, you need to be going and doing, uh, being, be, be about your purpose. And, uh, I gotta tell you, um, they have such a great way of looking at life and it's hard to argue with it. <laughs> it oh, this is, I'm looking on uh, Google right now. It says this, this is a Latin phrase. Momentum mori literally means remember that you must die. Um, so yeah, it's just everything in this book. It's like the, it's like a practical guide to, uh, stoicism. And, uh, nice. it's just like any situation, like, if your anxiety, it, go, it covers anxiety, what, how you should approach anxiety, how you should approach um, desires, how you should approach uh, money, um, how you should approach just all these major parts of your life. And I mean, I mean, you could try arguing with them, but they're, they're pretty smart people. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm not going to say you can't be wrong and maybe, you know, there are critics of stoicism. I got to get to that. That's like the last chapter of the book, but um, man, it's just so mind blowing because it, it finally, it feels like a really good practical handbook of life in a way, you know, like yeah. someone has sit, sits you down that they know what they're talking about. These are some great men. Okay. They've, they've done more than we could probably even, think about uh, you know achieving as as far as especially uh, you know our philosophy of approaching life mm -hmm. um but they're pretty i mean marcus aurelius i mean he's uh i think he was one of the emperors of rome or something like that or yeah um so yeah it's they know what they're talking about and, and a lot of it boils down to indifference um indifference and in everything and there's your preferred indifference and there's your unpreferred in, uh, indifference so i gave an example like uh and uh, you could probably put it together from that but say okay uh you meet a you know meet a girl and she you like her and uh you hit it off and everything goes well and yeah. that's good that's a preferred indifferent but uh, maybe okay, you meet a girl, a similar girl, you like her, but she doesn't like you. And uh, you, th you thought maybe it was going to happen, but it doesn't happen, right? That's a preferred indifferent or unpreferred indifference. So either way, you're, you're in the middle there. You're like, hey, if it happens, great. If it ha doesn't happen, okay, you know. And it's, it, that's pretty much most of the thing. So it's just remembering these things mm -hmm. and... Uh, applying them to these situations it keeps you from from freaking out you know and be like oh sh should i should i really react this much with my ego should i really fight for this and it's like it's like no always come back to what they say easy come easy go you know this 
these are externals, things that you can't uh, control, and they're always changing. You know, life is constantly changing, and we try to hold on to everything. And really, that's what causes, and I was thinking about this today, that's what causes so much of our suffering, is that we try to hold on to everything outside of us because we want that forever. But life is just constantly changing changing and it's impossible to do that and so the more you can come to terms with that the better off you're going to be it's it's no it's really good it's really good to take it to heart and um because nobody tells you this stuff unless you know you seek it out like you get sick of being sick of like how can i live my life in a more effective way so i'm not freaking out all the time or overreacting with ego and all that and it's it's great it's like it this is the kind of stuff you wish your dad set you down and said yeah you know this is how you should live your life this is how you know this is it and it's it's clear as crystal and it's like you know i always say this i'm like life is so annoying because nobody tells you anything you know for the, the the important stuff yeah you might get a guy here and there it's like hey maybe you should do that or not do that but most of it, we, we're just fumbling and we're like, just it's trial and error. It's like baptism by fire. We're stumbling all over the place. And it, we get a few nasty, you know, little things, little traumatic incidents. And it's we hope to learn from that. But it's like, it's kind of like fumbling around in the dark. You know, hopefully you get the feel of something. And it's like, okay, I know I can move this or not mess with that. And But now when you read a book like this, so it was, or you, maybe you read, you know, Robert Greene stuff and you start to see like, you know, flickering to, oh, okay, that makes sense. Then it's like, ah, now I got, and then you apply those things a bit more to your situations. Like, for example, I am making, you know, I've been talking about this. I'm making uh, games. These are educational games for myself. So it's kind mm -hmm. of like, how do I program my mind to become, to absorb what I'm reading? So for example, uh, you know, we got Dan Pena's uh, Your First Hundred Million, right? Yep. <laughs> and I've already been playing this game uh, called Cashflow, the Robert Kiyosaki Cashflow. Oh, yeah. I played that. Right? Oh, you yep. played? All right. Sweet. Yep. Um, so I'm like, I go, man, I can make this Dan Pena's uh, Cashflow and just, you know, tweak a little bit because a lot of the cards are so similar to what he's talking about. I just changed like from real estate to just like businesses. There's a few business cards in there. Mm -hmm. And then I, I wrote from his book, I wrote down in flashcards. Okay. These, you know, fill in the blank, you know? So when I get to a space where it's like, um, uh, either like a market space, like this happens and I have to draw like, okay, what's your, what's the seven, seven steps that you begin with to uh, what's your personal foundation you know, grab from that personal foundation card set or, you know, once I learn all those and I got those down, then I move on to the next step in the process of those seven steps, uh, building your dream team or what, what, what have you. And so I'm like, what if I made a game, though, for things that I really want to learn that are really important that I need to learn and just keep playing it? Like read the books again and again, but play this game so you can uh, make it like a, a simulation. So like I, I even have like a, a token that I move down a game board. And this game board I make, it's just on a grid paper. Just real easy, just a bunch of squares. 
and on each square I'll label like a letter. So, okay, you're on that letter. That means pick this card from that deck, pick it from that. And then, um, and that's how I've been kind of teaching myself to kind of learn what I read and absorb it better. Like uh, the stoicism, I've made some uh, stoic cards just to kind of, and I'll, I'll probably come up with some uh, hypothetical questions like, oh, this scenario comes up, uh, you're broke. How do you deal with it? Um, okay, you you wanted this to happen, but then that happened. How do you deal with it? You know, and then I'll use one of my cards that I got from the deck and I'll I'm like, that's it. And I'm like, and I'll try to remember what, you know, how that phrase goes. And I can always look it up. I put a page number on there, but that's part of the thing is that you try to remember. It's a way of remembering all these things on the flashcard. And then you play that card on that situation and then you can move your token past that situation or, or that obstacle or whatever. So it's just, you know, like so it. far, so good. So far, so good, you know. Um, but, it, you know, it, it's for stuff that you really want to learn, that you really f- feel are is important. Yeah. Um, because it gets you more excited. You absorb it more. You, you're a little bit – it makes it more fun. And uh, I'm like, that's what I got to do. It's like I, I'm into playing games anyway. So, um, so yeah, I, I know I kind of – rambled there for a bit but that's all right i love the idea now are you thinking about i mean due to the fact that you're an artist a graphic artist would you uh, do you have would you illustrate this game in your head or just create the the inf kind of the infrastructure um yeah like like I was saying, like oh, I had, I had it's on grid paper. So when I when I, I it's just a drawn board like of squares, and some of these like like for Dungeons and Dragons, like I wanted to learn the fifth edition rules, right? So mm-hmm. I made the whole thing like a bunch like a like a dungeon layout made of squares, and on each square I wrote okay T for trap. Um, uh, what was another one? Um, C for combat. So if I if my guy lands on a combat, that means I got to pick from the combat pile. Mm-hmm. And oh, the, okay. If you approach an enemy, what dice do you roll to attack? What damage dice do you roll? You know, stuff like that. So it's like it's real basic. I'm not like going in details, but like I'm keeping things really simple and dumbed down. Like if I want to get fancy and get all illustrative with it, that's going to be a lot later when I feel like yeah, this is the game board I want to make. And, right. You know. Start with the game first and yeah. then illustrate it once it's ready. Once I rock. feel it's like, yeah, that that's awesome. Or it's like, I want to make this and put it out there and see what people say. But I like right now I, that it can be adaptable. Like I could write, I could grab a piece of paper, a grid paper, and just, you know, draw a new game board, list, lay it out with different letters and different uh, paths. And it's pretty much the same game. Just, you know, I just change a few things up. It's real adaptable. It's not like, oh, I got to redraw all this stuff, you know. Um, so the Stoicism game, I, you know, I haven't I haven't even draw, laid that out. But I, I'm like, wouldn't it be cool if you had these three paths and you have your, your token guy and you go to the left is the path of money. So if you if you can overcome that money path and how you react to those things, Maybe, okay, then you won that part of the game. Maybe the next difficulty letter, le- I mean, level would be like, okay, you gotta, you gotta, uh, 
conquer the money path, but you also have to con conquer the desire path. So if you if you conquer both of those, playing your stoicism cards on on these obstacles that come up in this game life, then then you beat that level, you know, and so on and so forth. And all these will be like situations that either I've encountered in my life that now that I've learned that this is what they this is what you should do if you come up against that again, then I can I can make it more personal and, and more thematic, you know. So yeah. that's that ties into real life, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I remember when I was playing that game, and I remember that I played that quote that I learned from Marcus Aurelius, and that's how I overcame that. Maybe this is a similar scenario, you know." Um, so yeah, it, it's kind of like programming uh, in the mind a bit, a little bit. You is know? going is going four grand in debt to take a worthless course going to be <laughs> one of the one of the rolls, roll of the dices. <laughs> it could be, it could be, but you know, it's like, well, you can look at it that way. You can look at it. It's a learning experience. It's a learning experience. You know, what did I benefit from that? And if you can get something out of it, well, is it so wasted? Well, maybe some of it is, but you know, look, I, it was no doubt London Rail's a big it was a big huge ridiculous expense a lot more money than it probably should have been but you know if you learn from it and use what you get out of the experience like I'm still meeting I'm still driving forward with my online stuff my online business you know I'm more motivated, motivated now than I was before I took the course now whether it'll make it'll pay off down the road I think it will but it could take a lot maybe a bit longer, um, you know, and I think, you know, it's been great having you as a friend too. And, you know, yeah. so it's, it's not a loss. It's not. No. And I'm just kidding because I, I feel the same way. It, I, uh, I went into it, not knowing what it was going to be and all of the benefits. It promised certain things. I didn't get any of those and I got a bunch of stuff. I didn't, it didn't promise. Yeah. If that makes sure. sense. Yeah. And I'm grateful for it and I wouldn't go back. I would do it again because to be honest, I had fun and I loved the team. You know, that was my favorite part about the whole thing was our team. Like those, yeah. those Olympics. Yeah. The Olympics were fun. I think they were rigged against us. And even still, we almost still won some of those because we were kicking ass, you know, as a team. Well, we, everyone was helping each other, uh, like all day and all night, like those endless messages, uh, were just always felt coming in. And it's like, you know, <laughs> you were always paying attention cause you'd every, no one wanted to be the weak, weak, uh, weak link. Yeah. We all wanted to get our uh, team across the goal line and we were motivated. And so everyone was um, uh, bonded by that, that we were just, we wanted to be the number one and get, you know, and, and we don't want to screw up and be like the ones that we didn't do all the work, you know? Yep. So, I mean, there was something great about that. So, um, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, uh, 
Team Gene, you know, we're, we're the alumni, and like Gene was asking about you, and he's like, hey, uh, tell Daniel, you know, maybe, you know, stop in one of these meetings and just say hi. <laughs> I go, well, let me, let me talk to him about that. Let me talk to you, you know. So well, that's, that's good totally to hear, to you. you know. Yeah. I, you never know who – you never just know. Like you never know what other people think. Mm-hmm. And I always just defaulting to I don't know. I don't know how to say this without I want to say what I actually mean and not make it sound I don't know. I've just had so many times where I have really good relationships with people at first and then it falls off. You know, like they just don't call back or they don't text back. I thought everything was good. And then they ghost me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And oh, yeah. Not everyone does that. Like, obviously, you don't do that. And I, I, I have my longtime friends. Obviously, they didn't do that. But some people do, you know. So, yeah, it's not that I yeah. as- assume people are going to do that. I just am. I just have uh, that. Uh, it's just on my radar that it might happen, you know? So anyways, that, yeah. that has nothing to do with Gene himself. Yeah, I'm not sure. talking about Gene specifically. I'm just saying yeah. a lot of the people that I w- tried to keep in touch with after the course yeah, at yeah. a certain point, it's just like, I don't even know if I'm friends with them anymore. Like I made attempts I hit them up and certain people I probably didn't do as good of a job anyways, but that's just because life got in the way. Like I was stressing about work and it's like, God, I don't, I don't have time to just talk with people. You know what I mean? Um, Anyways, I'm blabbling about that. I'd love to see, I'd love to enter. You should stop in just even if it's just 10 minutes, you know, just say, Hey, this is what's going on. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm into this food farm thing and uh, this is what I'm where my passion is right now. And, and I think, I think Gene and everybody would be totally cool with it. You know, uh, don't, don't expect them to be like, Oh, how, how, how come you're not doing courses? It's not like that at all. Yeah, Cause we've all, it's basically it's me and uh, Liam and Gene and Nicholas, but uh, it's, we've all had to kind of pivot so much that we're all just kind of rolling with it and, and kind of like whatever, you know, whatever gives us traction to, you know, grow an audience and to grow a following, you know, basically that's kind of where we're at. And I mean, that's, I mean, that's what we're doing right now, doing this podcast. Like, Hey, it's cool. Like, uh, it'd be great if I get, you know, some more listeners, but I'm not going to freak out about it, but cause it's, it's still kind of a fun thing for me to kind of just, you know, uh, document parts of my life, but yeah. So yeah, if you go on, I think I think it would be fun. Again, I'm not going to force you. No one's forcing you to do it. I just they'd like. When are the meetings? The meetings are on. Uh, they are Tuesdays. Um, at let's see, my time it's twelve thirty my time, so it's probably eleven thirty your time because you're like an hour behind. If I I, I think that's a terrible time for me. That's the only yeah. problem. Okay. Yeah. My, I mean, I could probably hop in right at eleven thirty. Yeah. Uh, for about thirty minutes. Yeah. But I have my second appointment always at noon, so yeah. it's like 
it's actually That's good funny. if i mean it's actually a good time if 30 minutes is enough yeah oh you know yeah I mean? definitely like it like i said even if you dropped in hey i just wanted to tell you guys this is what's going on like you know people would love to hear from you even just 10 minutes would would be cool i think they would i think i think it would be it would help a little bit more like revitalize us a little bit because we're so used to just like us you know like the like the one like the four of us talking and everything so it's great to see somebody you know from from london real just uh you know just talk to everybody again because yes so many of us has kind of kind of fallen off the map and stopped communicating with each other a little bit for whatever reason like you said maybe life gets in the way um or maybe there's some bitter feelings and it just remind uh, that's what i get with some of the people it might might not be right or true yeah. but there might be some bitterness about the program and they're like they don't want anything to do with it anymore because it reminds them that they it didn't work for them and all that yeah. uh, but to me i say you know <laughs> if anything if anything, it's about our networking during that time and getting to know each other a little bit. To me, that is something that we should really we should keep alive because it's like really, it is priceless. It is, you know. Yep, I agree. And I, I for one, I've never had any bitter feelings to, towards anyone on that. I miss, I miss the crew. I mean, yeah. My problem was it was just like I didn't as far as keeping up with the meetings, it was like I'm moving so far away from doing an online course. Yeah. Like that's not what I'm doing at all. Yeah. Anymore. Right. Um, I moved strictly to the physical world of building sauna. Like yeah. that's what I that's what I pivot into. And it had nothing to do with the digital realm. It was strictly planning and producing the the physical build of a mobile sauna unit you know yeah, and that's, there's that's absolutely nothing wrong with it that's great yeah it's fantastic and i'm still in that i think i'm going more like the custom build of a sauna first of all there's builders that are way better than me so mm -hmm. the position doesn't I'm not filling that position anymore. The position outgrew me. It's not, I didn't outgrow it. It outgrew me. There's it's before it was a novelty that no one really knew about these mobile wood burning saunas. Now it's like getting to the point where it's blowing up. So I think, um, there's just, there's like, there's standard wood burning mobile sauna. And then there's a, there's, a 10% um, you can get, what am I trying to say? There's a tier above a basic wood burning sauna where you're ten, just 10% better than the standard. Yeah. And it doesn't need me to physically build it to understand it. I can be a part of it. I can be hmm. a facilitator without being the guy shooting the nail gun. You know yeah. what I mean? So, um, it's not that it's just that there's builders that are better than me. So it doesn't, it shouldn't be me shooting the nail gun anymore. Mm -hmm. It can be me producing and I will shoot the nail gun if I have to, but it should be more about 
um, other ways to spread the gospel of wood burning sauna. Um, and maybe that is now, maybe that is coming full circle back to the digital realm. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I don't know. So I'm still in the sauna game. I just yeah. kind of put it on the back burner. I just talked to my buddy Glenn of saunatimes.com. Yeah. And we were just talking like I'm gonna need to, I'm gonna need to purchase a wood burning sauna because I'm going to and people get mad the way I say sauna. They say sauna. You're supposed to say sauna. Sauna. Oh, oh really? And, and whatever. No one knows what the hell a sauna is. Everyone sauna. knows what a sauna is. <laughs> yeah. Except in yeah. Finland, you know. Right. right. The, the, there's a lot, there's a lot of uh uh, pronunciation Nazis when it comes to the sauna game. Oh, okay. Yeah, that like there was this video that got like ten thousand views that Glenn put up of him and I, and I was, I was just spouting off the word sauna, and all the Finns were talking a lot of shit to me for not pronouncing it right. Like literally, oh, ten people were like. <laughs> Teach this idiot how to say the word right. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and I'm just like, no one, dude, no one knows what a sauna is. <laughs> Everyone says sauna, all right? Yeah, yeah. And in in America, I'm sorry, we, we take everything from everywhere else and we bastardize it. Italian yeah. food, you know, becomes spaghetti and meatballs. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? French food becomes French fries. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not saying there isn't high quality Italian food and French food in America. Right. I'm just saying like that's kind of what happens. To we things. streamline things yeah. and we just break it th- down to its essence or uh, we overdo it probably like we do too much and you know to maybe our detriment but it's just because of our culture because we got to get to the point about yeah. things. You know, exactly. We're a bunch of thieves, you know, and, uh, <laughs> yeah. and so we take yeah. it and we change it and we turn it into we call it the word we want to call it. So I'm not excusing yeah. it. All I'll right. try to say the word right when I can, but I'm not I'm not going to be intimidated by angry, <laughs> angry, uh, frustrated fins. <laughs> that don't like it that I'm saying the word wrong. Uh, where did you encounter these guys online? Well, yeah, they just commenting on a video. You could you could go find it on Facebook right. somewhere. Yeah, right. Um, but yeah, so but it's on the back burner. I still intend on be having sauna be a big part of my life. Mm-hmm. It's just I pivoted to this food forest, this permaculture thing because I want to grow my own food, you know, uh, the world that there's problems in the world, supply chain issues and stuff. Yeah. And I believe in the cause of regenerative, uh, agriculture and farming. And I, I, I want to build, I don't like once I heard the message of permaculture and I saw examples of it and I loved the examples of it. And then I went and appraised houses out in the suburbs. And yeah. I, I say the suburbs because the city's a little bit better. People people in the city, at least in Minneapolis, they're into 
Like there's a lot of houses around me where there's they're growing edible food in the yard, perennial edible food, and I love it. It's a movement, mm-hmm. you know, it's spreading. But you go out to the suburbs and it's just straight up green lawn everywhere. And it's just boring. It's like purgatory. I talk I talk about it all the time. Yeah. Because like day after day I'm just driving around the suburbs taking pictures and I'm like, this is purgatory. I should be in Europe right now. I should be in Asia right now. But instead, I'm just driving around, sacrificing my years, taking pictures of houses, looking at these food deserts. Everyone's got a nice lawn, but is it nice? It's not nice. It might be a nice lawn, but it's not nice. And I know I'm going to get a lot of pushback on that. People love their lawn. They think there's going to be all these mosquitoes if you create habitat, blah, blah, blah. It's just bogus, all right? Habitat is beautiful. Flowers are beautiful. Edible food is healthy and beautiful. And you can still have your lawn. You just have to say, look, a lot of this lawn you're not going to use at all, okay? I get it. You want to play ball with your son. Yeah, I get it. I do too. I want to play ball too. No one's saying get rid of all the green spaces, Mm-hmm. We're just saying start utilizing the edges and the and the that use the use the edges and the perimeter boundaries to start make productive, make them pretty, mm-hmm. put some perennial stuff in there. Sure. Let's let's get the butterflies and the bees going. Let's see some gardener snakes uh, slithering around. I know a lot of people don't like that. I, I just went to this house recently and they okay. had a garden and there was, I walked up to the house and a gardener snake went right, slithered right past my foot and I kind of got startled. But then I'm like, that's a sign of a healthy garden when there's gardener snakes. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. So like my uncle's, he's a big gardener. He's got like a farm in his city back, his residential urban backyard he's got a giant garden and he uh you know he gets accused of being like kind of the crazy farmer guy you know it's a little it's a little aggressive i love it i love it and i just love it that my uncle does it the heck what people think you know exactly it's it's his place it's you know exactly but the point i'm trying to make is he wanted to, he was trying to bring gardener snakes in like collect mm. them when we go up north see if we can f- capture a few and then put them in put them in the wow. garden cuz wow, they're beneficial i don't know what they do but they're beneficial somehow huh never yeah. knew that learn something new there maybe it's just a predator you know mm-hmm. a predator for pests yeah yeah I forgot. Are they? They're not. They're not venomous, though. Gardener snakes. No, no. They just bite. You just gotta be careful. Gents, yeah. and it's they won't even break skin if they bite you. Okay. They're just a gentle little, a cute little gentle snake. Very, very cute. Very pretty. Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing hmm. to be scared of. You can pick them up. They'll bite you, just out of you know defense, but it ain't gonna do anything. But they'll yeah. eat a frog whole. I've seen them eat whole frogs. Whoa. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy. Craziness. Um, but the whole point of this is, yes, I pivoted away from the digital yeah. realm. and But it's funny because I saw one guy 
just yesterday I was biking that digital course that I came up with in London real is called take back your health. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And it was like six steps or whatever it was to, and I still stand by everything in there. I ultimately just realized that the, I, the people that were, was a, the people that were a track when, like when I put myself out there for that, for those webinars and stuff, yeah. The people that were attracted to it were people with more problems than I wanted to deal with. I couldn't deal with. Like I didn't have the time to deal with. I couldn't have this be my 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 part-time side gig. Mm-hmm. Like um so that's why I backed away. Like I I can't be I can't even if I, you know, I'm not even saying I could be that guy, but it, let's say I could I couldn't logistically, I couldn't be that guy to, uh, you know, uh, be, uh, try to take on people's problems. Cause that's what, that's, I saw signs of it right away. And I'm like, I can't do this. I can't fill this role. I'm not in a position to fill this role. So when you say problems, how, how can you elaborate on that? Just like. You know, a lot of people, myself included, that had health problems that that were of their own making. Okay. Um, they have other problems too. So there's, it's not just health problems. A lot of other baggage. Things. Yeah, a lot. Well, just other baggage comes with health problems. Yeah. And okay. so, so if you're coming to me to be like a coach to try to take your health back, um, then, you know, I don't, I I don't know. The, the line is too blurry between what's a health problem and what's just your bullshit problem. Ah, okay. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't want to, I didn't want to try to play. I wasn't qualified to play therapist. I wasn't, I just, I wanted to put people through a protocol that I did that worked for me. Mm-hmm. And, it's and really kind of scenario specific kind of situation. Yeah, but I didn't want to do Zooms with people because the people that were kind of attracted to it, I'm like, I think I, I don't think, I think I'm in over my head. I don't think I can accomplish this. Not as my side gig, Yeah. right? I got yeah. very limited time to, uh, because the, when I do something, it's like if I'm if I sign up to help someone and they need help and then I shut them out because I'm too busy, I should have never bit that off. I should have never that was I took too big of a bite. Yeah. And it's like if I, I'm I want I at least want to believe if I'm doing something, I'm going to do it right. I'm going to do a good job. And I'm like, I can't do a good job. I don't have the time. I'm dedicated to my career right now because I need to make you know, I'm already, there's already momentum with this career and the money's slowly starting to come in. So I can't, I already put in, you know, I, at that time I had already put in five years of, it took me five years to get to that point where I was at for my career with like the certification and the documented hours and the fucking five tests that I took to get certified. Like, 
I gotta see this thing through. I can't. Uh, I need this. I need this this digital asset thing to be my side gig, not my foot. So that, anyways, you could listen to what I'm saying right now and say I'm making excuses, but that's just what I thought at the time. I stand by it. Um, mm-hmm. I when when I signed up for the course, I didn't know that's what it was going to be and you remember by week like two you're forced to decide what your business is going to be right and when i did that was the only thing i thought at the time at week two and then by the time of the webinar i'm like this is more than i bit i bit off more than i can chew with this and definitely more than i can swallow so um I don't know how we got down this rabbit hole, but the point is, is that now after it's been four years, it's like, okay, maybe there is some room for a digital asset here. Now that I've matured a little bit, just aged, I should say. But as far as like the, um, the, the food farm scenario goes, you think, or are you looking at like, so what do you mean what specifically if if you had to uh, that you know apply uh, your skills to i i i see it more with sauna than food oh okay i I, i'm still in sauna i've had enough time to figure out i've been around enough people that know what they're doing and i've had enough good sauna experiences where i kind of know what it takes to replicate the experience Mm -hmm. and it definitely wouldn't be something on my own because the like my my sauna mentor and mentor in other fields i mean he's a mentor in other fields is glenn yeah he's definitely my sauna mentor okay he's just he's he's about 20 what is he he's about what is he he's about 23 years older than me so Maybe a little more. Uh, okay. Would that be 20, 22 years older than me? You know, that's some good life experience under your belt, right? Yeah. So he's got life experience. And uh, so, you know, I can talk to him about all kinds of stuff. But um, I'm not saying there's not room for a digital asset when it comes to permaculture. But there's. I'm just saying there's many people much further, and I've met them they're much further along in their permaculture career than I am. Yeah. Um, so I would, okay. I just jumped to imposter syndrome right away. Like I fall into that category immediately. If I were to think I'm going to make a permaculture course, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? I'm not saying that teaching doesn't have its role, but that's after I know what I'm doing. I don't yeah. want to jump right <laughs> I want like yeah. 10 years of in the field experience before I would try to teach other people. Yeah. You know, you know what I mean? I don't want to just learn all the theoretic stuff and then jump right into teaching. I don't want to teach theory. I want to teach experience that I've had. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why I say I could do, I could do some sort of digital sauna asset, I think with a team like with Glenn, I'm not even saying that's going to happen. I'm just saying I'm thinking about this stuff off the cuff. Um, But my point about take back your health is like I was going on this bike ride 
and I just saw I just saw this really unhappy looking person, you know, and they were walking by themselves. They had a they were sweating, they had a big face mask on by themselves, walking. And I just thought to myself, like I, I wanted to scream at him, take back your health. And then, <laughs> Tackle him to the ground uh, off the bike. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and scream into their face as they take back your house. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's what made me think about that. Uh, right. And it's like, yeah, hey, maybe there was something there. Maybe there, maybe there still is. But uh, I, I feel like I'm still, uh, I'm still. Uh, I still need to learn. I'm still in the student. You know, we're a, we're a student for life, right? You should be a student yeah. for life. But at a certain point, you got to be more teacher than student once you've accomplished some stuff. And I, yeah. I feel like I'm still very heavily student. Very heavily student, not teacher. I hope to get there someday where it's like, oh, I have some. I hope to have a Wikipedia page about me someday for doing some cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Then I'll be a teacher, right? Yeah. Um, but until then, it's. I'm just worried about. I'm just more focused on physical projects, transforming landscapes, yeah. uh, producing food making cool natural architecture like that is what that's what floats my boat right now chris that's great that's beautiful and you know there's that phrase uh there's that phrase called know thyself and i think you're you're doing right by it because you know you know what you're capable of and what you need to improve on and where you're where you know where you're at with certain things so i think you're listening to your 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 inner voice your your intuition you know well so, thanks for saying it yeah i think uh you're the you know you're the captain of the ship man and no one's uh it's your life and no one is more um no one is more knowledgeable than you when it comes to your own life and when where what you think is is best for you right now. I mean, you're at an age where, you know, you know, you know what, what you're capable of and what you're good at and what you're not so good at and what you feel competent uh, teaching to other people and, 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 and everything else. So, um, yeah, yeah. I think you, you're making the right moves. Um, and don't beat yourself up over it, you know. Don't. <laughs> Thanks, brother. Because it's funny you say that because I went camping the other week with some friends and I'm in, usually I'm in such a uh, sympathetic nervous system state where it's like, go, go, go. And I am hard on myself. I'm mean to myself and I'm hard on myself. And I was hanging out with some people and one of the guys I don't see very often. I see him maybe twice a year. At most he's a friend of a friend he's a friend now but he's a friend of a friend and we were camping and we were just like we were just playing around you know 
but we're like setting equipment up and uh and cooking food and like i don't know i did i like spilled something or i dropped something and i was like god damn it you know yeah and oh yeah this this guy's like dude be easy on yourself man like he saw me being really yelling at myself he saw me talking to myself in a violent way yeah and he came over he's a he's a chiropractor so he's like a doctor you know and he's he's into wellness and he's like look you got to start being a little more kind to yourself i see you yelling at yourself and and i'm like stop beating yourself up yeah and uh I think it's good to hear, but t- over overall, I think being very unsatisfied with myself is just my frequency, and that's how I get stuff done. It's like, mm-hmm. it's I don't know. It's yeah, just, it's 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 probably a balance. Like you kind of have to know when you you know you go too far with on one end, and then you you want just enough of it to motivate you. Exactly, you know. Yeah, it's, it's you know I, I I I can relate to the dropping something and freaking out, but I think it might come from a different place, or maybe it's the same. But I think I have a lot of re- uh, uh, residue from my sales job <laughs> of anger. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, you know I had a situation where I was staying at a hotel. This was more than five years ago, though, and I dropped. Um, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, not not a Slurpee, but the shake, the the Wendy's chocolate shake. Yeah, on the ground. I know what you're talking about right, and because I had too much in my hands, which is always a thing with me. I, I carry too much in my hands, and I, you know, I'm trying not to do that. But I dropped it, and I flipped out. I go, you know, I swear, and I'm like, fucking, I'm like, damn it, and I was so pissed. But it's like it's just a shake. Yeah, that's all it is. And I flipped out and that tells me, you know, now looking at, at back at that, like there's some other issues going on that I w- was building up that that was the release point of that. <laughs> right. You know, but it was so loud that, you know, the manager girl had to come up and <laughs> address it and tell me to calm down. Calm down. Yeah. <laughs> so I must have been that loud about it. So. It, um, you know, it finds a way, our, our little issues find a way to come out and, um, you know, in your instance, it might, it might come up from a different place, but I can understand how it's like, you just get really angry. It gets to a boiling point and it's like, it's just, it's a small thing, but we put so much, you know, it's like the end of the world, but it's not, you know, mm-hmm. so um, but yeah, it, interesting, interesting. I was going to touch on some other topics, but, uh, I don't know, I don't know how much time you had, but I think we, we've covered a lot of ground. Um, uh, yeah, well, one of, that's one of the things I was going to go over about the food farming, which pretty much came out of the door swinging with that stuff. Um, oh yeah, there was a, something I was going to talk to you about. I was going to do a little, I don't know how much time you got. Just, uh, have you been watching, uh, the paranormal, uh, like the, uh, the Skywalker ranch show? No. Is there a new season? Yeah. Oh, great. Yeah. I had no Skywalker idea. Ranch. 
Yeah, man, that it's finished. I think there's uh, the last episode is this Tuesday of the, I think, second season, I believe. I think I can get that all on Amazon and I'm willing to I'm willing to pay for it. Okay. So I will uh I'll watch it and we'll do another episode about it. How about yeah, that? Yeah, I think I yeah, cuz it's going to be I mean David Pilates is talking about it. He's covering a lot of each episode. So it's we're, we we could go a little deep on that, homeboy. <laughs> that deserves its own episode. Um and yeah, I was gonna talk about some a few things, but about with a you know I was watching a uh, and we touched on this before about um, and you might experience this when you go to Jordan, but be aware of of the effect that the land the land has on your psychology and the people and it, this maybe I get it through meditation, but I was watching a documentary on the different uh native american tribes in new york state and it was fascinating like it was really interesting like something clicked when i was watching that because of my time spent out there in new england and in the revolutionary war and all all the wars and and the bloodshed over the years in that area and something really clicked like it, it kind of like now it kind of makes sense. Like I, it kind of solidified what I suspected about when you go to certain places of the world, you there's something subconsciously going on, um, especially if there's old buildings that have stayed, you know, stayed around and you're going to experience that when you go to Jordan. But um, there it just there's a vibe in the air. I think it affects people more than we give it credit for. So that's. I was going to go into that a little bit more, and uh, but I think we should kind of keep that for another episode, you know. Sure. But uh, yeah, that's it's a really neat little documentary. The guy that was um, uh, the host that was narrating it was was a uh, he's Native American and he's he's intense. Like he when he's talking about these wars, he's not smiling. He's ticked and he's looking right at you dead in the face about all these wars and they're going to war themselves and and then with the french and they're teaming up with them and it's just fascinating because i think when you've been in an area and you learn the history of it like like this is after the fact it's like oh man why didn't i learn the history before i moved to that state like i should have that would have been a lot more there would have been more context so as opposed to like just moving someplace cold and you're like, why are these streets set up like this? You know, why is there, you know, it just seems so zany. But now when you go in there knowing, oh, there's a whole reasoning be- between why there's these factories here and, and what's the significance of this dam and this, why is this called the Moha- Mohawk Valley? You know, what's the significance? It all comes in. Now you can see the bigger picture. And uh, again, I think I think there's some residents, uh, some some psychic residue going on uh, during my time, even driving around because um, it's it, it's beautiful state. There's a lot of really beautiful hills and valleys and, um, you know, a lot of Dutch settled there and all that. And, and it's just a lot of history. And um, 
there's Amish there, there's Quakers and stuff, and it's just like it feels like you are transported in that era, and it's like who's to say that the blood that fell into the ground, into the soil, hasn't affected you know, that memory is, you know, that there's something going on to where who knows, people are getting uh, you know, I can't prove this, but I can just say, who knows, people are being um, manipulated by some sort of spiritual residue you know, some kind of tone uh, in their in their psychologies from either whether it's collectively, it, you know, or just on a one-on-one basis, and uh, just something to pay attention to to be aware. Yeah, of. it's like a signature Jordan. of an event, right? A an energy signature. Yeah, I don't yeah. know exactly what that means, but I feel you. I hear you, and I I agree. It could totally be real. Yeah, and I, and I think I'll the more pay you attention. travel. Yeah, mm-hmm. the more you travel, I think the more you're going to encounter this. Um, I kind of I kind of sensed it when I when I was in the army and I was in the South there in uh, South Carolina. You know, I could pick up on a little bit of it, but I wasn't out in the in the in the city as much as you know. I wanted to be because we were training all the time, but still there's each it's like, they all got their own personalities, you know? And I think a lot of that has to do with the land and the history and, um, you know, uh, Los Angeles for sure. It has its own kind of energy and, uh, feel to it than other places. And it's just something to, it's something that I think we're all walking around kind of being like a duh, but we don't realize the layers of our history as either, you know, as Americans. And then even before that, as the people that dwelled here before we did, we're all just kind of like, yeah, we built something. Okay. <laughs> we built over this Indian burial ground. All right. Everything should be cool now. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I don't think it really works. Like, I think it's pretty naive. And I think it's very uh, industrial to be like, okay, well, let's just make some money and it's all good. It's like, no, you're missing a few history layers that of things that, you know, maybe we've forgotten in the past. Like Graham Hancock talked about, we were a species of, with amnesia, yep. but it's there whether we like it or not. And we just can't put a word on it or we can't explain it because we're not we're not aware of it in the first place or we write it off as like, Oh, it's just a thought going through my head, but it could be a real thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know? totally. So something to, yeah, something to, I mean, I'm, you're, you're going to podcast and that'll be kind of your way of journaling. I, you know, you should maybe do it, you know, write a little, have a little journal too, just kind of to personalize it a little bit more so you can get it. So you don't have to, I'm like, Oh, I got to set this up and, you know, make sure that's charged to have a little journal that you can always kind of write down and then look to that while you're potting. It's like, Oh, I was writing this and I can expand on that when I talk, um, whether you're on, you know, when you get in the airplane and, and all that, because that's all, that's all gold stuff too, man. That's unique. You know, when in doubt, make content, you won't regret it. Yeah, right. Exactly. And the memories, you know, because you can forget memories. 
you can forget experiences. Yeah. Even even uh, small nuanced thoughts can hold a lot of weight, and it can bring stuff back to you. It's like, oh, I remember that now. Or you'll come back, you'll remember that, like, or you won't remember it. Wow, who was writing that? What was I? That's so weird. And that's kind of neat because it's like it's kind of like you're experiencing somebody else in your body because you totally don't remember those words. So that that's neat too. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like when, when a friend tells you, Oh, I remember you said you did that and this happened and you totally forgot about it. It's like, yep. you did. Wow. Okay. <laughs> it's a neat little surprise, like a lost chapter. Yeah. And they might not remember it correct either. Like you're so yeah. right. You might not remember it or you more importantly, you might remember it completely incorrectly. Yeah both are true i bet at times yeah but that's to your point of journaling yeah that's the point right yeah i mean it's good because like it's kind of like it's good to let's that's why i do my blogs you know i i know nobody barely anybody reads my blogs but i'll just write because for the sake of doing it because it's it's good practice to record things that I might forget later on down the line. And it's, um, it helps me as a writer for one, and it helps me to keep in the game there. But for two, it just, it's, it's good. It's healthy. It, it, and it's good to uh, look back and see where I was in my life. Um, and, uh, and get it out and get it out and, and content, you know, get it out there, you know, totally. 100% agree. Yeah. But, uh, well, how you, how about we call this an episode? Love it. Looking at an hour and a half. Yeah, that's and a, then that's I a will. That's a I will. Special, 100%. I will watch this new season of Skinwalker Ranch, which I'm excited for. Thank you for the update on that info. Yeah, it's amazing. It's a good one. You're oh, going to watch some episodes where it's going to blow your mind. <laughs> Hell yeah. That's all I'm going to say. Hell yeah. yeah. Yeah, man. So good. I'm looking forward to you, uh, you know, watch them and we'll talk about it. And uh, I'll send you the documentary as well that I watched. And if you have some dead, you know, some downtime and, you know, you're, look, you're bored. It's like, all right, I'll watch it. Watch it because I think it's it's interesting, you know. It is, it is, you know, any, all that stuff, like they talk about the seven year war. Um, They talk about the French and the Indians, how they got along for a while and then they didn't. I mean, it's all interesting stuff, but you can definitely, for one, the narrator's hilarious because he's so serious (laughs) and he's confrontational. And two, it's just, it's interesting stuff that we should know as our, you know, as Americans, like what happened that from letters and, 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 and journals and stuff. And uh, it's, it's, it's never a bad thing to learn a little bit more about our, our past, you know? So. All right. Well, thanks for keeping me in the loop with that. And I yeah. will get, I'll watch it, dude, I'm going to binge it. And then we'll uh, let's, let's do another episode soon. Yeah. Okay. Let's do okay. it. I need two weeks to watch this thing, all right? Yeah, all right. 
we'll get together. We'll reconvene and uh, we'll go over. We'll have a like kind of a paranormal episode there a little bit. All right, love it. All right, okay. Well, everybody, it's been Daniel Wilson, and uh, thanks for being on the show. It's been a while, and I'm glad to have you back on, man. As always, thanks for having me. My pleasure, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Yeah. Oh, and you can catch uh, Daniel on his 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 uh, podcast, uh, Ddon dot life. Yep. D D O N period L I F E on Apple Podcast. Bam. There it is. All right. All right. Have All a good right. one. Yep. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, everyone. That's that's a wrap on this live episode. Hope you all enjoyed it. May you all have long days and pleasant nights.